back, everybody, to the newest episode of thepenpodcast.com. I'm your host, Matthew Harms, founder of Pen for Hire, where we offer premier ghostwriting and author coaching services. Also, the creators of the Pen Podcast, where we sit with authors, writers, writing industry professionals, subject matter experts, and all around interesting people who can be a benefit to the writing community. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by Sarah Hussein. Thank you so much for being here, Sarah. You're welcome, Matthew. My pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. So Sarah is a researcher and engineer and the founder of SOM. So she falls into the all around interesting people category who can help support writers. So Sarah, if you'd be so kind, explain to everyone a little bit about what your research and engineering has, has done here at SOM. So the engineering obviously gives several skills such as being analytical, critical thinking, having a great margin to understand complex ideas. And that has really helped me understand consciousness and what really is the crux of Psalm. And that has also helped me invent mind control techniques, which come under transcendental meditations, which I'll be talking about further today as we move on. And the researcher aspect is pretty much me taking the role of researching all the data that I need and specifically studying spirituality, philosophy, and quantum physics to create ideas as well as create these techniques. Wow. So you, you said mind control. So anyone out there who may have thought that sounded scary, can you go a little deeper on what you mean by mind control? Because for me, it's, I know what you mean, or at least I think I know what you mean, but I, I think mm -hmm. there might be some people out there thinking like a Marvel superhero. Yeah, yeah. Now I'm glad you asked this question because when I use the term meditation, it's an umbrella term. It can mean pretty much anything from relieving a stress, find, finding a calm moment to going through the deeper levels of the mind and doing transcendental meditations. The reason I specify and I say mind control is because in the transcendental meditations that I teach in Psalm, you're specifically controlling your mind in a way that you reprogram your subconscious mind and that in turn impacts your conscious mind. And that is the control aspect that I'm referring to. And I think also equally as important, it's for controlling your own mind. Yes. Yes, please don't go ahead and start <laughs> doing transcendental meditation and hypnosis on other people. It's really meant to, it's really meant for the person who's practicing it, for them to reprogram their subconscious mind so that they're able to have a better outlook on themselves, better mental clarity, better performances, and also a better self-image. Our subconscious mind essentially controls 95% of the decisions we take throughout the day. Our conscious mind is very computational, I would say. It's pretty much uh, reliant on the programming of the subconscious mind. So when somebody changes the subconscious mind and the beliefs in the subconscious mind, they are actually changing their conscious mind, the thoughts that come to them throughout the day, the emotions that they feel throughout the day, and so the behavior that they have throughout the day. And that's why when people want to make massive changes in life, it does start from changing your inherent belief systems that you have been raised with since childhood. So when I, when I hear things like that, the things that immediately jump into my head are affirmations, visualization, which are some techniques that I know a lot of people use and, and tout as being very beneficial. Mm -hmm. What, 
how are affirmations and visualizations similar to your transcendental meditations or are they kind of the same thing? They fall in a similar category. So I use affirmations too every single day and I do visualize as well, but I would, I would encourage you to think about it like this. You have a conscious mind and you have a subconscious mind. The conscious mind is computed by the subconscious mind and it also has the animal instincts that we are supposed to have as human beings. So we are always gonna look out for danger. We're always going to try to prevent problems and we're quite busy doing those things through our conscious mind. With that busy conscious mind, if you put an affirmation like I'm safe and I'm secure, do you think it's going to right away embed into the subconscious mind and be coded into the subconscious mind? Not right away, but with repetition of affirmations, a person can mold their thinking, yes, and so the subconscious mind changes. Remember, the subconscious mind is the computer. It's the programming. So the aim is to change the subconscious mind, and that in turn will make actual changes. So when people use affirmations without really being going deeper into their mind, they're essentially still in their very conscious and awake state and the affirmation may slide by, it may not be embedded in the mind. And similarly with visualizations. So it is key that when people are doing affirmations and when they're doing visualization, at the very least, to sit by themselves, quiet their mind and say it to themselves with intention and awareness. That is when, with repetition, they're going to be able to embed that into their mind properly. And it's not just going to be something which is, you know, said without intention and then they forgot about it. Got it. So you mentioned quieting the mind. Yes. How does one quiet their mind? Because I, I feel like I can't shut mine up. Yeah, yeah. I, I get you because... I can tell you it took me several practices to actually understand how I can quiet my mind. But with practice, you can get to a place where quieting the mind is actually, you know, I really cannot shut off my conscious mind, right? Because that's going to be weird. <laughs> but what I can do is I can momentarily suppress the thoughts that come to me and the distractions that occur and get into a place where I am at peace with myself, I'm in a calm place, and not be focused on anything else, like what's happening throughout the day, distractions, thoughts about family, you know, work, etc, cetera, etc, cetera. coming to a place of quietness of a stillness. And that does take practice. And it doesn't necessarily mean that your conscious mind is all of a sudden silent, pin drop silence, what it actually means is that your focus is away from your conscious mind and away from these distracting thoughts and towards your own self. So the focus changes and goes inwards. That is what I mean when I say you quiet your conscious mind. You're essentially just diverting your focus from the other thoughts, the distracting thoughts to within. Does that make sense? It does. And I'm sure that there's no set stone, set in stone answer to this question. But if you had to like hazard a guess or from your experience, how long does it take for someone to really master quieting their mind and, and being able to suppress those thoughts? You know, it definitely varies, but I think usually a 20 minute meditation is effective enough, you know, to get the task completed. So if somebody is intending to meditate and they're intending to quiet their mind, 
it could be that initially it's going to seem a little fake, especially if they're new to meditation and it'll take, some, take them a little bit of practice. But if they take help by focusing at some music or if they take help by focusing at just their breath, breath work is also very effective in this they can train themselves to start focusing inwards. And usually a 20 minute, minute duration is good enough to quiet your distracting thoughts and move your attention inwards. And so if I was brand new starting this today, beyond yeah. just the 20 minutes, you know, enough, I'm sure your first time out, there's a, there's a curve here before you're able to like sit down and do this and really feel comfortable suppressing oh, yeah. those thoughts, right? Yeah. Hundred percent. I would say the first timers, if they're, you know, if they're ambitious about achieving a quiet state, to go for guided meditations, to go for people who can help them get to a state. You really need a few suggestions as you calm yourself down, and that brings you on track. And once you know how to come to come to that track by yourself, you can do those meditations by yourself. But initially, I would suggest go for guided meditations. There are a bunch of free resources, honestly, online on YouTube. And if you want to go for specialized transcendental meditations, obviously, Psalm offers those. And Psalm also offers the simple meditations that I was referring to. But yeah, it, you know, I would say if you're starting off, go for a guided meditation. Got it. So let's say, since I'm a writer, most of our listeners and viewers are, are writers of some sort, how would you see a, I mean, I know how I see, but how would you see a benefit to using the transcendental meditations? Yeah, so, you know, I can relate to this because a lot of my content production, I also host a podcast, and a lot of my content production happens when I want to just focus on a topic and create something which I know is going to help people. And sometimes I really need to quiet those distracting thoughts and I need to get in a zone, you can say, you know, a zone to write, a creative zone. And that zone is at the alpha level of the mind. The alpha level of the mind is where your brain waves are slower and you are in passive attention. So there are less triggers, there are less distractions, and you're focused slightly inwards. That is the time, whatever thoughts you have and ideas you have floating around, when you start jotting them down, there is a really good flow to that. A lot of athletes love to come to the alpha state before performing. And the reason is, is that when they practice a sport, it becomes like a mechanism, or you can say it becomes a habit, right? It's already stored in the subconscious mind. When they get on in front of, you know, in the stadium, in front of thousands of people or hundreds of thousands of people, there is obviously distractions. They're going to get a stage fright. They're going to feel nervous. That's when they're slightly more aware and alert. But the best performances happen when they go into the alpha state. That is when their subconscious mind is really active. The conscious mind has slowed down. The distractions are little. And whatever practice they have been doing, they already know it. You know, it's in it's in the memory. So they're able to utilize it and perform better. And I would highly encourage people who are writers. I'm not a writer as as yet, but I do write a lot of content and I do create a lot of content. And the best work is done in the alpha state when I know that I am not fully awake where or I would say not fully alert, but have passive attention and able to concentrate. Got it. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire.
social media isn't about simply posting links to your book multiple times on a day on every platform you can think of. It is a complex process that takes time and strategy as well as content and purpose. Creating and managing social media campaigns can feel like a full-time job, especially if you don't already love doing it. Don't wait until your book is done to think about how to tell the world about it. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get your free consultation today. And now back to the interview. Now, what in your own words would you say set Psalm apart from some of these other companies or service providers, coaches who offer meditation as part of a life enriching practice? Right. I think Psalm, what sets Psalm apart is that I do bring a lot of science into the coaching as well. I like to give people the rationale. A lot of the times meditation is talked about through the lens of a spirituality or philosophy. And even though spirituality is something that is becoming more common now. People are becoming more spiritual, are more spiritually aware, et cetera, et cetera. There's tons of content out there. I feel what I needed personally was somebody to give me rationale and some scientific data. So Psalm is actually quite research packed and every mind control technique is backed up with that research. So when somebody comes in and when somebody wants to experience a transcendental meditation, let's say, and they want to experience healing. And I know when I say healing, people go like, really, you know, do meditations heal? But, you know, there's tons of research out there. Our positive thoughts interact with the perineural system in our body, which is responsible for repair and recovery. So you can call it the placebo effect. But if somebody believes that they're healing and they're thinking positive, their body actually starts to heal. So this is real stuff, you know? And so when what I have done with Psalm or what I try to do to my best potential is I try to give as much rationale and back it up with as much research as I could. And in turn, what I created is that when somebody comes for a transcendental meditation, they know exactly which level of the mind they're going into, what has been created, what is the result of that creation, are they going to be seeing any results in their life, and will they be seeing any changes within themselves? So that's what I try to do. Wow. So if I were to come to you or any writer were to come to you and say, I need a meditation because I have a book deadline and I need to access that alpha level of the mind, you have a set kind of meditation for I have a program. Yeah, I have a program and I will walk them through the program. I'll let them know exactly what we're trying to do over here and then step by step, take them to the alpha level and allow them to achieve what they're trying to achieve in that alpha level. Usually people want to become more creative. That's when they also want to have a lot of ideas and inspiration. So whatever it is that they're trying to achieve, I walk them through the program and help them do that. And now are these transcendental meditations done on the individual level, the group level, both? So I've done both. So, so far I have done workshops in corporate, which has been an extreme success. The workshops were catered towards transcendental meditations, which enhance performance. So everybody who entered had the intention that they wanted to do better at work. And it also allowed them to strike a good balance between work and life. 
So that was that were my two aims when I was going into the workshop, enhancing performance and striking a great balance between work and life. And the one-on-one -on -one coaching is is something that I is something that's quite there and it always works out. The one-on-one -on -one coaching is, is effective because I'm focused on one person and I'm able to walk them through the program and you know they're they can ask me as many questions as they want and it's quite personalized. So obviously it has its perks. But I've also seen that the synergy in the workshops when everybody's meditating together and when they share their experiences and they have the aha moments, that is quite powerful because they can always go back to each other and say that, hey, this is what I learned and this is what you learned. And, you know, they can reconnect on that. And so, yeah, perks on both sides. I was just going to say, it doesn't sound to me like you have a strong preference either way. It's more situational. It is more situational. <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah. And now I would imagine, I mean, currently at the moment, are you the only one in certified to conduct these transcendental meditations at Psalm? Yeah, at Psalm. Yeah, currently it's me. Yeah. God, so what would Growing, be, hopefully there are more people soon. Well, and that was going to be team. a question of mine. So for someone who maybe wants to learn more about doing this, facilitating this, leading this, what would be the, like, the requirements for someone to be able to work kind of at your level? or as close to your level like as an affiliate you can say yes. like an affiliate yeah so i can take them through a training session a very robust comprehensive training session and then you know supervise them under myself with some people and see how they are participating in those transcendental meditations how how well they can actually guide a meditation and once they're ready they can go ahead and train other people themselves too I love it. But I want to jump yeah, back. Thank to you for that question, by the way. That's oh. an important question. Yeah. My pleasure. I just know in what I do, there, there comes a point where if you haven't thought about that, you can never scale. And then you're just, you know, you can only, yeah. have, you can only help so many people in a day if I don't have other people who can do some kind of writing. Yeah. And that's my vision with Psalm. I really do want to have multiple coaches who can help people so that we can impact more people. The You know, the more people we impact, the more I'm achieving the goal that I'm meant to achieve with song. Got it. Thank you for listening to the penpodcast.com produced by Pen for Hire. There's a saying, don't judge a book by its cover, but that was never meant to actually apply to books. Unfortunately, readers are naturally inclined to books with covers and titles that catch their attention. Don't let your masterpiece go on read because of a poorly designed cover. A great book cover doesn't have to break your budget either. Visit our website at www.penforhirenyc.com to get a free consultation today. And now back to the interview. And you had mentioned before, I'm going to jump back to the healing kind of effects where whatever people are thinking in their minds, I want to ask you this in the vein of people who actually have suffered mental trauma of some kind. Um, you know, I know I work with several clients who are in the mental health space. In what ways can these meditations be used to help someone deal or move forward and pass that trauma? Yeah, these meditations are so effective with people who have experienced trauma. My latest project, I'm still, you know, in the works, but I have had some clients. It is from Calgary Immigrant Services. And the reason I wanted to work with them for this sole reason, because a lot of immigrants go through a lot of trauma during the migration process and giving them help is 
paramount for them to succeed in the society, especially the newcomers, you know, isolation from family, job hunting, settling down, it can be a lot. And so I tried to help. What I did was that I brought in about five immigrants that I helped and two of them had severe insomnia. They were not able to sleep because they're always thinking and always worried about their job. There is a specific meditation that is a theta level meditation, which helped them out a lot in a way that it secured them in their thoughts. So usually, you know, a human being is suffering because they feel out of control. So these folks felt out of control. And, you know, what these meditations were doing was that giving them a sense of control. And obviously what Psalm, Psalm is all about consciousness. And what I teach through Psalm is that we are interactive components of the universe. Our thoughts have frequencies, as Nikola Tesla says, that if you want to know the secrets of the universe, think in terms of vibration, frequency, etc. So when people use their thoughts in the theta level, they are molding their reality. It is there. There are really no doubts about that. The what I try to do during these meditations is when somebody comes in, I let them know the power they have within themselves to impact their reality and also the power they have within themselves to change their subconscious mind or program it in a way to feel more secure and confident within themselves. So it's a twofold help. Am I able to explain that well? Yes. So I, helping I'm in the energetic level and helping in the physical level, both. Got it. Now I know you've so far said alpha, theta, how many levels of the mind are there? There are five levels of the mind. So there is alpha, theta, gamma, beta, delta. There are the five most common levels. There are a couple of more levels that are achieved by monks or people who are, you know, used to meditating for long hours without even having to get up to drink water. And so they get to a place where they are able to access the highest level of consciousness. And that is a very exciting place to be in. However, that is not a prerequisite to make changes in your life. You can make changes in your life going to the alpha and the theta level. Theta level is extremely powerful. That is when you co-create with the consciousness. And I think I haven't tapped too much into consciousness um, in this interview so far. So I'd like to tell a little bit about that. The consciousness I am referring to is a unified energetic field. It is what the famous physicist Erwin Schrodinger said, one consciousness of the whole world. It's the source of everything and it's unlimited in its nature. So when we access consciousness, we're actually accessing that energetic plane and that stream of source, you can say, within us. And that allows us to make changes in our life. It can be a little bit. If you like, I can talk about it more. Let me know. Yeah, we still have a couple minutes left. So if you could just expand on how, I guess I'll ask this in a most basic way, and then you can tell me what I'm really trying to say here. Because mm -hmm. for me, it's still, I don't have a grasp on it like you do. But if I'm understanding correctly, my thoughts connected to this universal consciousness means my thoughts are affecting everyone else in the world, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we all are one entity. It is true. However, when we think about it like this, that, okay, if I'm thinking about, let's say, person A, are they receiving my thoughts? In the energetic realm, yes, they are receiving your thoughts. So if you think well about somebody, they will 
know or I wouldn't say they will know like consciously but they will get a vibe you can say that you're thinking well about them have you ever experienced that when you enter a room and it's a new new room you haven't been you haven't met anybody but there's some people you're inclined to talk to more and there's some people you're like you know I don't think we can really have a conversation but have you ever wondered why that is happening no I, I well I just assumed there was something instinctual that I knew i didn't like yeah. about them. Yeah, yeah. So you know that instinct that we have is actually that energetic frequency that we feel from them. So if I open my consciousness and if I have an intention that I want to be friendly and if I want to talk to everybody and be, you know, beneficial to everybody, people in my circle are going to feel that in some capacity. And I will be meeting people who have the same frequency as well. And whoever does not have the same frequency, I wouldn't be moving a long way with them. So when I'm talking about the universal consciousness, I'm essentially saying that your thoughts are playing a role in the energetic plane of the world. And when you think about somebody or someone, you are sending out thoughts to the universe about them. And they may not consciously go like, okay, you know, Sarah thought this about me or Matthew thought this about me. But what's happening is that if your thoughts, whatever your thoughts are doing, so if it's a positive thought and if they, it's going to go to them. If it's a negative thought, it's also going to reach them. And they may not know why if they're feeling drawn away from somebody, but your thoughts and your intentions have frequency, which we cannot see, but are always in effect. So. I want to start wrapping it up on this, but it's what you're saying is reminding me of a, an expression, which I'm not sure if you've ever heard it, but when you call somebody or you speak to somebody and they say, well, your ears must've been ringing, meaning they were, they knew they were just speaking about you in some way, good or bad. Yeah. yeah. And then you yeah. call that person. So is, is that, that kind of connection? It's yeah. like, maybe I'm only calling that person because I knew they were thinking about me in some way. Yeah, there usually there is an energetic exchange. And by the reason uh, what I mean by energetic exchange is that we all are connected to this universal consciousness. What you're thinking about anybody reaches them in some capacity. So there are so many coincidences. I think we all have experienced that. We're calling a friend, oh, I was just thinking about you. Oh, I was gonna call you. Oh, I was talking about you. It happens all the time. And this is the prime reason, especially when you're close to somebody like a spouse, a parent, or a sister and you're feeling off, let's say, they're going to feel that even if you don't you know, show it. They're going to say, something is not right, I feel you're off. And even though you try your best to conceal emotions or if you, let's say you don't wanna share, but they feel it. And so this universal consciousness, which Ervin, he's one of you know the best physicists, German physicist who actually made incredible contributions to the quantum theory. He said that we all have one mind, and that is exactly what he was referring to. There is one massive consciousness in this world, and we all are streams of that. Wow, that is deep. Sarah, I think the reason I had you on this show is for that reason, because I think there's so much potential out there that a lot of us either don't give ourselves credit for, don't know how to find it, how to tap it. So I, I love what you do. Um, I really do. And I, I see upcoming ways for us to hopefully work together in workshops and things for people who are looking to break through some of those barriers that we help them in coaching where sometimes just accountability is not enough. There, there is a deep level of work that's needed. But if in the meantime, anyone wants to get in 
touch with you, find out more about what Psalm has to offer and how they can work with you, what would be the best way for them to do that? So I am available on Instagram and my handle is official Psalm page. If you have a business and you are available, if you want to write to me on my email, it is hello at official You can also find me on LinkedIn with my name, Sarah Hussein. And yeah, I think email works the best for me. Hello at official And I can spell it out for people. So it is hello, H-E-L-L-O at O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-S-O-M.com. And yeah, get connected and we'll start from there. And if you want to listen to the podcast, please stream Mind Tracker in all Spotify, Apple, and all major streaming net places where you can find podcasts. Incredible. So for everyone listening, tuning in, watching, wherever you are, definitely head over to to Sarah's Instagram page, reach out at hello at officialsom.com and find out more about what you can do to get control of your mind, unlock your full potential, use it to finish that book or whatever else it is that you've just thought you're not capable of doing because yeah. you've been paying attention for the last half an hour there you're, you're capable of doing it you just need to get to the level of realizing you can do it so well Sarah, said, you, Matthew I was paying attention and I need to take my own advice sometimes so there's definitely a reason that you're, you're back on the show not just for the listeners but for me so I appreciate you taking the time to be here everyone listening we always appreciate when you support our guests and take advantage of their valuable services so definitely look Sarah up. She will be back in some capacity as we plan out our, our programs for the year. And Sarah, I want to thank you again so much for taking the time to be here. Thank you, Matthew. This was so much fun. Pleasure My is pleasure. all mine. Thank you. All right.